It's early autumn here in New England, and local watermelons, yeah, watermelons are just in. And if you know anything about me, you know that watermelon is my favorite food. It's so weird being from the South and living in New England because all this stuff, uh, I don't know, in where I'm from in the South, you get this about March. And uh, <laughs> here it is all coming into the autumn and we're getting corn and tomatoes and watermelon. They're all at their peak right now. It's weird, right, that we don't get corn until the last of August, 1st of September. After Labor Day. Corn is an after Labor Day product. <laughs> it's so weird. I mean, where I'm from, corn is like January. Anyway, Bruce came home from a local farm tent he bought this big 25 pound box of tomatoes and so mm, today tomatoes. we're making marinara sauce hi i'm mark scarborough and i'm bruce weinstein and this is cooking with bruce and mark and yes i got a box uh 25 pounds of tomatoes 25 from, pounds. yeah i went to Froins, which is a local farm stand near here um, and I asked her if she would give me the bruised, misshapen, not good enough for salad tomatoes, which is a great deal because her tomatoes are $4 a pound if they're beautiful. Okay. Oh, I, I, and this box I, cost me... I don't know. How much did it cost you? $25. Okay. That's uh, within the budget. That's a bargain. So while I was there, I got some onions and garlic from her little farm stand too. And I'm going to put in peppers and herbs that Mark grew in our garden. That's me. So everything is local except the olive oil and the anchovies. I grew the olive oil. <laughs> Um, you know, a lot of people don't know about anchovies and marinara. A lot of people don't know about anchovies, period. But anchovies are so fine in a sauce like this because they – I know you think, oh, God, fish, how gross <laughs> to put some fishy fish in this thing. But honestly, the anchovies make this briny base to it that's not seafoody, right? No, that's, it's just – it's salty yeah. and a umami. Just at the bottom, I like to fry them up with olive oil before I start. Lots of sauces and lots of word. soups. Umami? I hate that It's word. a true thing. I <laughs> – it is. No, it isn't. It's way foodies talk about things to make it seem important. Umami. If you watch pardon me. every Japanese and Chinese food show and TV, they talk about uh, umami. Yes, I watch every Japanese well, and do. Chinese. Well, I do. <laughs> you do not. <laughs> and first of all, you don't listen to it in Japanese and Chinese. And umami. Oh, God. Give me a break. Well, anchovies add umami, but where they do not belong, there's one place they don't belong, and that's on pizza. Now. Wait, I want to. That is up. disgusting. I'm, I love anchovies. Anchovies on pizza. pizza is gross. No, anchovies are fine on pizza. In fact, I like extra anchovies on my pizza and on my Caesar salad. But I want to back up and say it's not that I don't believe that there isn't a savory taste. It's just I hate that word umami. It. Then you come up with a new one. Savory. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with it. There it is. Savory. How's that? I. It's just there's something about it that just rubs me wrong. I don't know. I mean, is it it's just everybody uses it and they think they're so smart? I don't know. Anyway, I hate it. But it <laughs> is what anchovies give to this thing, a savoriness. They there. do. Now, Mark did say, and I said, and we all know now I have 25 pounds of tomatoes. True. You don't have to buy 25 pounds of tomatoes. What? I'm going to do this, and this is going to probably make about 10 quarts. Um, if you do it, you can go ahead with five pounds of tomatoes, and okay. then you'll end up about two quarts, which okay. is a really good amount if you just have a tiny little apartment-sized freezer. Okay. So I see you have this giant pot on the stove. I mean, it's giant. And you're chopping up about five anchovies, really, honestly. So 25 pounds, consider it one anchovy for every five pounds, and two garlic cloves for every five pounds. So you've got 10 cloves of garlic. That you're chopping up. I do, and I'm chopping them pretty fine. And right. this is my 20-quart stock pot, um, so one I use for lobsters. 
Um, and I have a half a cup of olive oil heating in there. Seems like a lot, right? It does seem like a lot, but remember, this is going to be 10 quarts. 25 so, pounds yeah. of tomatoes. So if you think about it, you're only going to use like a tablespoon and a half or so, something like that. Right. So, well, for every five pounds, yeah, you'd use what? You're right, a tablespoon right, and a half. Tablespoon and, a half. I've seen, oh, and I'm adding right. the anchovies and garlic. Okay, so you can say umami because you were right. I see. Oh, I'm like, now, did everyone hear that I finally got an I'm right? <laughs> wow. I'm never right. <laughs> Well, um, okay. Cool. Anyway, go on. So I'm going to stir around those Better anchovies. Better use your umami fast. <laughs> I'm going to stir around those anchovies and garlic just into the fragrant. And you can hear that Mark is roughly chopping up three very large white onions. Right. These are the ones I got at Freund's as well. And five of the hot chilies grew in his garden for me. So if you're making a I mean, five-pound thing, you only use one I'm chopping chili. up three, right, one hot chili. But um, I'm chopping up three large onions now. Really, I used four. Because I tied one on my belt. Which was a style at the time. <laughs> if you don't get that reference, you can't be my friend. <laughs> I tied an onion on my belt. Right, which was a style at the, the time. time. It's a Grandpa Simpson. You uh, just can't be my friend if you don't get that joke. It's a reference um, to Grandpa Simpson. <laughs> I'm so obsessed with that line and him saying that, that I watched a thing on YouTube the other day in which an entire bar, they were playing The Simpsons like in this giant bar with hundreds of people. And that when he said, which was the style at the time, the whole bar stopped and said it. It's insane. Anyway. Well, he was on his way to Shelbyville, actually Morganville, which <laughs> they was called, called Shelbyville right, at the time, to it. buy a new heel for his shoe. Right, because they, and they also put bees on nickels. Anyway, let's not go there. Give me five bees for a quarter, <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> Not go there. Okay, so yeah. so Mark is only roughly chopping. Yeah, I told him to to leave him big chunks, and that seems weird in a marinara sauce, right? Maybe I know why. Do you want me to say where? Say what? Say, say what's going to happen? It's well, because all of this is going to actually cook down a bit and get soft, and then it's going to go through a food mill. So r- roughly chopped is good enough, and right. I mean roughly chopped. I'm yeah. not really doing anything special here. And we're going to add them to that pot and stir them around. Not for very long at all. I just want the edges to get translucent. I don't want them to brown, which would mainly they get sweeter. I don't want these onions right. any sweeter than they are because tomatoes are so sweet. I don't like right. overly sweet marinara. And no, I do not add sugar oh, to my marinara. Okay, so uh, before we started this, uh, we cut each tomato of those 25 honking pounds into eighths, and really, honestly, you're just looking for a fairly large pieces. Call it a ping pong ball or a wedge, something like that, right? Yes. Yeah. Like so, if you cut a tomato into eighths, just figure what those wedges look like. And, and if they're small tomatoes, you just cut them in half. But even if they're really small, cut them in half. Don't leave them whole because you want them broken open so they really start to break apart. Right. And so we're gonna put all of these tomatoes mm-hmm. in the pot. It's crazy. And you notice how long we've let the onions and anchovies and garlic go? Not very long. Not very long at all. But okay. it smells great. This fragrance is what we were going after here. It's going to take time for these tomatoes to give off their juice and start softening. I mean, maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes. If you're working with a smaller batch, um, like five pounds, it's not going to actually take quite as long. No, maybe take you 20. This might even take as much as an hour, and you know, because it's all going to depend on the juiciness of what the tomatoes right. were. So. We're going to let this just bubble away and soften, and then we will uncovered. come back. Uncovered. 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 Because this is all about reduction, reduction, it, reduction. Right, so you get more umami. And the, <laughs> and the house will smell really good. And then we will come back for the next piece of this when the tomatoes are softened. Okay, the tomatoes are soft. And now what I have done is I have set 
a food mill, a little manual oh OXO food God, mill, this is so over a second large grandmother, pot. Grandmother, grandmother, And I'm going to start ladling. Food mill. Who uses a food mill? I do. <laughs> well, how else are you going to get the skin and seeds I'm, out of it? Food mill is so, I mean, I bet, oh, I bet Joe Biden uses one when he listens <laughs> to his record players. Phone phonograph. It's a phonograph. <laughs> Um, okay. So I have that food mill over a second large pot, and I'm going to start ladling food these milk. tomatoes into the food mill, and I'm running it through. Food mill. Because I'm I not gotta over get, it. Well, i got to get the seeds out. Look, there is nothing, nothing worse than a tomato seed stuck in your teeth when you're eating spaghetti. Nothing worse. Nothing. Nothing worse. worse. No. no, worse than Auschwitz. It's <laughs> nothing worse. There's nothing worse well, than you, it. You went Am to I the getting Holocaust. Oh, Godwin's rule. <laughs> um, I, I mean, honestly, there are many things worse than tomato seeds, but you're right. For pitch perfect aesthetics, there can't be any seeds in that, but that's pitch perfect. So, what happens if I don't own a food mill? Then you got to go back the old-fashioned way and peel the tomatoes. Oh no! And then you got to open each no. one and scoop the seeds no. out. Okay, okay. Let let me rephrase my question. Where does one buy a food mill? There you go. Go to Amazon.com. Go to Oxo.com. Okay. Go to Bed Bath and Beyond. Okay. And you get some food mills. They're like twenty bucks. Yeah, they are. They're, they're really they're cheap. really good, and they're good to have for something like this, especially because they they're good for applesauce. Mm -hmm. They're good for all this kind of stuff mm -hmm. that you make because uh, they really give a beautifully I don't want to say puree because it's coarser than a food processor. Yeah, it's not smooth, smooth. It has a little texture to it. But right. you want to take them out not just for aesthetics, but sometimes the seeds can be bitter. Now, the they skin can. is aesthetics all the time, but the seeds can be bitter. And so here comes my big trick. After I get all of the seeds out, and we're working on it. This is happening. Okay. I taste what's left in this food note. Oh, Why I know why. Because you want to see if the skins are umami. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Actually, the skins are umami. I want to see if the seeds are bitter or not. And I'm just going to taste them now. Now, these actually aren't bitter at all. So we get to keep all these skin and seeds and use them. Now, what if I tasted this and it was, and I got bitter notes? Then I just. Don't. Then they go on the compost heap. Then okay. the seeds and skin go on the compost. But if you don't get bitter notes, if they taste grassy okay. or earthy like these do, um, so then we're going to do something special with the um, skin and seeds once we're done getting all of them out of here. These skins and seeds are just left behind in the food mill, right? That's what we're doing. We're just leaving them behind. We are. That's where they go as the tomatoes and onions and all that go through. That's right. They are. So we have a few more batches, a few more ladles of tomatoes to go, and then we're going to go to the next step using these skins and seeds. Okay, so now Bruce has finished milling the tomatoes. I can't, oh, that is so ridiculous, milling the tomatoes. It's so... And guess what? He did it in a white shirt. <laughs> I tied an is, onion on my belt. Bruce is a real smart guy. It's so old school <laughs> milling. Later, we'll churn our own butter. Okay, milling the tomatoes. You and once made me buy a butter press on <laughs> eBay because I was making my own butter and you didn't want it just in a bowl. You wanted to have like a little cow I, impression on I, top. So I don't want to hear about any more umami <laughs> and old-fashioned out of you. <laughs> so he put the puree back on the stove, and um, he has now taken out the Vitamix. Because I'm going to put 
all of the seeds and skin in the Vitamix. And I'm going to add as a splash of red wine, just enough to get this being able to go around in the blender. Right. I'm going to puree them because the Vitamix will puree them so well. It's almost like making my own tomato paste. So I should also add that because we're doing such a big batch, we made this big deal about food milling it. I made a bigger deal than it should be made of. But anyway, we made a big deal about food milling it. Um, and I should ma- uh, mention that as we put the tomatoes through, we had to several times scrape out the food mill, right? Yeah, we had to scrape out the seeds and skin because right. they were really building up. Right. Put them in a bowl, right. and then that bowl of them got dumped in the Vitamix. So Which we're going to turn it on. And just, again, I don't want this to go very long. This is just until they get a little chopped up. And you're going to add? I added a splash of red wine so that it would get going. Okay, and then look at this. This is like like tomato paste, but it's flavorful. It's not as tomato-y intensely as tomato paste, but it'll give us more. We're going to end up probably with an extra... I don't know, an extra half a quart of, of sauce because I'm adding this back in. It'll give it a really nice texture. If you didn't do this, you're probably going to have to let your sauce reduce a little longer because this is actually going to thicken it a little bit. Okay, so um, we're also going to put some herbs in this, and I have about a cup here, and these are just herbs that I went outside. I, I grow herbs on the patio, and these are just things I picked, oregano, basil, thyme, and sage. But um, honestly... If you can hear that mmming, I don't know. Can you? Can they hear that? They can hear that. Back? The dog loves being in the kitchen. That's our dog asleep on the floor. Um, anyway, uh, there's oregano, basil, thyme, sage. Um, you could put parsley. Um, I wouldn't put dill, but there's if you're a dill fanatic, Ew, you in could, marinara well, sauce. That's... It's not Italian. Listen. Nobody's going for authenticity awards here. So if you olive oil, anchovies, garlic, I can imagine dill and parsley. I can. Okay. It it's not going to be tra- traditional Italian sauce. There are many Italian cooks who will tell you that sage has no place in marinara. So we're already outside of that realm. So okay. So I'm I'm, I'm going to also add a few teaspoons of fennel seeds and about a teaspoon of grated nutmeg. And I know that seems like a Mark lot. didn't grow those. No, I did not grow the nutmeg. <laughs> I know it seems like a lot, but remember, this is 25 pounds of tomatoes. So, um, you know, it's it, if you were making it with five pounds of tomatoes, you maybe want two tablespoons of minced herbs, of chopped up herbs, and then, um, you know, just a little bit of fennel seasoning, uh, um, nutmeg. We like that in... Uh, marinara because it gives it a, a kind of background taste that's really nice and makes it slightly more complex. It does. So just stir those in, Mark, and then we're going to let this simmer again uncovered. I get this. For at least four hours. Okay. Until it reduces. I'm back to food milling. <laughs> four hours. Who has four hours? If you only made a five pound batch, it's probably going to take you about an hour and a half. Oh, the quick way. The quick way. <laughs> Okay, um, you're right, but it is. This is one of these weekend cooking projects, and the reason you're going to – I have a feeling you're going to say, someone's going to write us and say, um, how come you're making so much? No, we are not going to have pasta for the next three weeks and never stop eating pasta. In fact, what's going to happen to this, right, is that you're going to freeze it. I'm going to put these into quart containers like we get from the deli, right? and I'm going to freeze them in our freezer all winter. I'll use them for making lasagna. I'll use them for serving with meatballs, and we will have it all winter long. So there's no need. I mean, we're not canning these. I guess you could. I'm not here to give the directions for Mm -hmm. canning this, so we're not going to talk about canning it. That adds other problems to this matter and other ingredients, too. So we're not going to talk about that. This is just freezer marinara, like freezer jam, and um, Mm -hmm. after we're done, it's going to be like a winter's worth of food. Yeah, and so in about four hours, we'll check the consistency. We'll stir it occasionally. And once it's got a nice, thick consistency, and again, this is based on your own experience of, of jarred pasta sauce. Right. It should be as thick as you like pasta sauce to be. 
I like it a little thicker rather than a little thinner. I will say if you get super impatient and it's been like two hours and you can't stand it anymore, you could cheat and put a little tomato paste in to thicken no. it. But then you've ruined the whole reason of why you got the fresh tomatoes in the first place. Right. And let's also say that although you might like really thick tomato sauce, don't forget that this is going to reduce a little more in a future recipe, even if you just pour it in a pan and pour the pasta into this sauce. So you want it a little bit loose. And one final thing for all of our Instant Pot friends, this sauce on its own will cause the pot to burn, right? If you're going to use this in your Instant Pot, you're going to need to add a cup, a cup and a half, even two cups of broth to thin it out so that it doesn't burn in the pot. Is that right? Yeah, if you're using this to make pasta later on, you can just substitute this for jarred marinara in any of the recipes in our books that call for jarred marinara. You just substitute this. All those recipes already call for some kind of stock to thin it out. Right. Yeah. And you're going to have to do that. Okay, so okay. we're going to go away for four hours. I'm going to till the back 40. And, <laughs> and then, then we're going to we'll taste it. Be back. Okay. Okay, so the house does smell like an Italian restaurant at this point. <laughs> it is just <laughs> incredible. I think we are going to have to have marinara sauce tonight. Okay, well, that would be all right it then. It will be all right. So we have, we've let it cool a little bit. I've got a little bowl here, and we have just some bread that I'm dipping in the bread. It's, oh, this is like, now I know why good marinara in the store costs eight and nine dollars a jar. And let me also say that because you didn't put any sugar in it, which Mm -hmm. I know some nonas do, but you didn't, it has a slightly sour taste. And I don't want to overemphasize that. It's not sour. It's just not overly sweet. It's it's acidic. I will say that we did add some salt um, when we were stirring it. Mark didn't put salt earlier. We tasted Mm. it for salt. Um, afterwards it was done and we added a little bit of salt. Yeah, I mean, it, it has a little bit of a sour taste. And so I think that this is really good. Even this winter, if you are able to grill, first of all, I hate you because I live in New England, <laughs> but if you're able to grill this winter, you could easily grill up swordfish steaks or mm-hmm. other fish steaks and then just put this over them, warm this up on the stove yeah. with a little, thin it out with a little wine, warm it up on the stove and then ladle this over over those steaks on the plate. It would be really good. I mean, it's it's a very simple, clean taste. And a super easy lasagna. I buy those no-boil noodles. Yeah. And I layer them in a 9 by 13 pan with ground-up cooked sausage meat. Yum. This sauce, get this, riced cauliflower yeah. and shredded up cheeses. Yeah. And it's just so yummy. Yeah, the riced cauliflower gives it a kind of uh, ricotta what texture it does but it's a it's vegetable-y and it's not yeah. as heavy i like it a great deal because again it is very vegetable it's all that rice um uh cauliflower and then of course shredded up mats and all that that and parm that you would put in there um i can say another thing that you could do with this very easily is that you could make delicious meatball subs right oh because, my goodness you can roast meatballs which is like my favorite thing right to you do. so you roast the meatballs and then you put them in the opened up hero or hoagie rolls or whatever you're using and then just ladle this sauce on top i would say the one trick to that is make sure the rolls are toasted first split them open and toast them on a sheet pan cut side down or in a skillet on the stove you, you don't have to oil anything just toast and build a little bit and then the marinara sauce won't get them so soggy and, no they won't get them mm, soggy. and then add some parmesan cheese and don't forget just mm. good old spaghetti this is great on angel <laughs> hair spaghetti. it's good on spaghetti 
And you know on spaghetti boxes, everything's mm. got those numbers, spaghetti number eight and fettuccine number nine. Sure, and sure. If you've ever wondered about what those are, they're actually meaningless. They were the dye numbers that all the different manufacturers used for their dye so that you knew that number nine spaghetti was a certain thickness from Ronzoni and number eight was and a certain thickness from a So it's back from the days when people did mill food. <laughs> And, <laughs> and till, simmered things for 17 hours. Till the back 48. This is a great weekend project. It's a great weekend recipe. So um, that's it today for Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, we would love to connect with you. We're on Facebook under our own names, Bruce Weinstein and Mark Scarborough. We're on Instagram under Bruce A. Weinstein or Mark Scarborough. We're on Twitter under our own names. You can find us. You can connect with us. And let me just say, we also have a YouTube channel, Cooking with Bruce and Mark, in which we have tons of videos, right? We do. So wherever you get your podcasts from, please subscribe to this podcast, Cooking with Bruce and Mark, and you will never miss an episode. And you will always use the word mommy.